Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. At the foundation of every successful sales team is a sales leader that values transparency. Transparency requires humility and truthfulness in order to look at yourself critically and then instill confidence in other people. In the second part of this Sales Tips for Pros podcast, we'll consider ways you, as a sales leader, can be transparent in your leadership strategy. Our guest this time is Chris Champagne, a dynamic senior business leader with a comprehensive track record focused on high-performance sales coaching, facilitating and delivering impactful keynotes centered around his passion for building high-impact sales teams. Recognized for his core values of trust, integrity, respect, and professionalism, Chris consistently builds mutually beneficial relationships and has a talent for generating exceptional sales results through a collaborative management approach. His proven history and consistent passion allows Chris to develop unique sales enhancing tactics focused on understanding the customer, partner and manufacturer and unlocking their unique strategic potential. Chris and I will discuss four proven ways to be a transparent sales leader increase team engagement, and in turn, give your salespeople a strong platform for continued success. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Chris Champagne, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Bill. Looking forward to the conversation. Now let's delve, Chris, into the four ways to be a transparent sales leader. Firstly, can you talk to us about what it means when we talk about leaders making themselves available to their sales teams? Additionally, maybe you can suggest some possible benefits to team cohesiveness and and, and performance. Yeah, it's probably one of the most important elements. And, you know, if you look at what are the attributes that separate the, uh, the top sales coaches, if you will, or sales leaders, is that they coach more. And by coaching more, that is the combination of one-on-ones that provide the coaching opportunity uh, and ability to be able to understand an individual from a performance point of view. You know, what are the results certainly looking like? Uh, Could be skill development opportunities that are discussed in that one-on-one, but as well, getting to know personally they're 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 individuals that are part of their team on both sides in terms of the leader uh sharing a little bit more about you know family and getting to know the human side in business on both sides uh, from the leader as well as the salesperson so that can be accomplished in a one-on-one and then also through team meetings uh and consistency. i think underlying this piece of being available is the consistency attached to being available through having regular run-on-ones with regular cadence, through team meetings, monthly, bi-weekly, weekly, however they occur, but they happen uh, consistently. And as well, 
uh, could be quarterly performance updates in terms of a, a professional development plan. Part of being available is being present and have those regular touches with the team that ultimately can, can make a sales leader to be more successful in terms of a transparent communication with their team. So being available, being present, and the, the one piece that I'd use just in summary to this question is being available also means you're listening and being present in a conversation, uh, knowing that there's many other things happening, the email is piling up, uh, there's other meetings to attend to, but listening and being present and understanding challenges that a particular salesperson might be having achieving their targets. Uh, maybe there's you know been a, a deal that was lost that some coaching needed to be happened to be pro provided to that. So I think also being being available is being present and focusing on the individual for that 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, and not being distracted and being fully committed to that uh, that time together. Okay, let's continue through now, Chris. Let's, uh, let's now consider the importance of seeking feedback. Why, Chris, do you think it is vital for leaders to ask the opinions of their team? Indeed, as millennials and Gen Z continue to dominate the workforce, is this approach more important than ever? And if so, why? Yeah, that, I guess first and foremost, uh, ownership and accountability comes from buy-in. And buy-in can only be achieved once uh, feedback is shared on both sides. Uh, you know, as an example, uh, in this recent training that I had, had been a part of this week, actually, that the there were three outcomes the sales leadership team wanted to achieve as a result of this training. And ultimately, there needed to be three actions that needed to follow at the end of the training that the sales team was going to be responsible for. And the sales leader stood up, uh, provided uh, what the expectation was in terms of the team applying some of these certain skills and tools that they learned. Uh, but also, there had to be acceptance within the room that these, um, these outcomes in terms of the training were going to be focused on and that they would be followed up on in one-on-ones in -on within 30 days of the sales training being com being completed. And then the sales leader did something very interesting. They went, they went to the whiteboard and they had uh, asked each of the 11 participants for their feedback on how realistic these goals were. We went around the room one by one to get their buy-in, but also some objections came out in terms of some concerns that they couldn't achieve uh, the targets, there would be definitely some challenges to doing that, which gave the leader an opportunity to address them right then and there in terms of their entire team. So in terms of getting that buy-in, uh, critical to having the team bought into whatever, you know, metric, be a revenue target, a profit target, new client acquisition target, if the team doesn't believe they can achieve it and it's the leader's idea, it has the potential potential to be successful. But once an idea or a goal is shared, feedback is provided, there's kind of a mental check, I think, that happens that people become more bought in if they're going to own the outcome themselves because they had a say in creating the idea, the goal, uh, that they're then more likely to accomplish together versus, you know, a, here's the plan and we're going to execute it, maybe some rah-rah behind it, but ultimately the team if they aren't bought in or if they aren't given an opportunity to provide feedback, then uh, the goal has the likely potential not to be achieved. 
we are we are getting through these four points chris um okay next one uh, thirdly how important is it to be receptive to feedback from one sales team's members how, how can leaders respond positively to to both good and sometimes bad comments and, and what does this approach by the leader show to the rest of the sales team it can come in a, in a in a couple of different ways. I think through uh, one on ones, probably most frequently, and the the simple question you know to be asked there if a, if a leader truly is humble and open enough to get feedback is just asking the question. You know how, you know from your point of view, you know as it relates to uh, me helping you achieve your best performance. You know, can you share with me? Uh, your feedback you know how am i enabling you to be more successful in your role and any suggestions or ideas on my approach that ultimately can help you to be more successful i think there needs to be a level of trust first that's established together between the salesperson and the sales leader to enable that to happen but i think asking that question open and honestly and and then listening for the feedback uh ultimately can set kind of a, a better relationship together and for the leader to be open to it. I think once the feedback is provided though, then an expectation that the leader would then do something about it. And if it's, you know, if it's just as simple as having a one-on-one -on -one together that has some agenda and has some structure to it that also includes an opportunity for a leader to provide feedback, you know, what's going well or, you know, what potentially could be improved. Uh, I think that is the next step to helping the individual or the team feel like uh, their leader is listening to feedback because they're actually acting on it. And I'd suggest a second approach that can be accomplished is in a team meeting. And perhaps there was feedback that was given uh, in a one-on-one -on -one that the leader would be open in front of the team, that they're acting and making a change. Maybe it's just frequency of a team meeting, maybe from weekly to monthly, because the feedback from the team was such that that change needed to happen. Uh, and also, you know, in the, in a team meeting format, being open enough, you know, maybe it's, it's this weekly sales meeting itself, the, the leader being open enough to ask for feedback, you know, if they've been doing it for a year or six months, however the frequent, however the team meets together, the sales leader just to ask the question you know I'd love to get your feedback on what works well in the sales meeting and then what needs to be changed and being open to that I think it's one thing to serve it up in terms of being vulnerable and asking the question it's another thing then for the leader to actually act in implementing a change that absolutely impacts everything else we've been talking about in terms of retention and and driving trust together with the team is is acting on the feedback, uh, but being open to it is probably the first piece and then doing something about it, asking the question, and then thirdly, actually acting on it and do something about it that demonstrates to the team that you're human, you don't have it all figured out. Uh, and in fact, that's one piece in the professional sales management course with CPSA, if I suggest to the team is because they've been sequestered for three days, uh, in a professional sales management course, go back to their team and share with them some of the things that they learn, but also that they don't have it all figured out, that they need the team to provide feedback in terms of the direction or maybe a market opportunity they're not taking advantage of or increasing frequency of a one-on-one -on -one potentially. 
that ultimately sets them up for greater success with their team. That's great advice. Thank you. I, I, I guess, though, there's always a risk when the feedback is negative that uh, ego from the leader can come in, right? Often within a, a sales environment, because people are, are, are naturally more gregarious, they're, they're naturally extroverted, perhaps, um, more keen to, to have good relationships with those that they work with. Are there any key tips to keep the professional in professional sales and, and, and avoid, avoid those ego issues? You know, there's, I think there's a lot to be said with maybe something that's trending a little bit more in leadership, and that's the servant attitude of a leader that recognizing and first and foremost, they're only going to be successful if their team is bought in and, and the leader is able to challenge the team, get them out of their comfort zone, bring them into an area of complexity, perhaps that challenges them a little bit more that the leader also has to recognize that in order for them to provide better leadership to their team that they have to be open to feedback that isn't you know the case with everybody not every leader is is in that mindset today of that servant type mindset and i think there's a direct impact to results bottom line organizational results with uh, perhaps a leader that might not be open to to feedback i think uh, and maybe there's a gray area of this, Bill, in terms of how a leader sets the course, sets the vision, has an expectation of perf performance that is communicated, uh, and, and, and that certainly is based on feedback from the team, but as well as organizational priorities that they need to drive. The delicate balance is, uh, as you strive to achieve those priorities, uh, what's working and what's not on an individual basis uh, dramatically can impact the bottom line results. And not every personality style of a sales leader is going to be open to getting feedback. But I think the most successful ones today are the ones that are and, and aren't afraid of, of putting themselves out there, so to speak, to get feedback that perhaps there's some things that need to change. Uh, and, and maybe the best way to look at that is sales, sales results. If the team is trending in a negative way and has been for consecutive quarters, uh, maybe there's a market issue, uh, but potentially it could be a leadership issue. And uh, based on what I'm reading in research today, a, a leader today has 18 to 24 months to be successful in their role or risk change. And perhaps the, the best way to last longer is uh, to be in close contact with the team and understanding maybe more importantly, what's not working that a, later, a leader would need to adjust in order to be successful and, and kind of parking their ego at the door. Which is a perfect lead on to, uh, to, to the fourth aspect of being a transparent leader. And, and the fourth aspect is uh, making decisions. Why, why do you think should leaders involve sales team members in decision-making and, and Really, Chris, to what extent is that viable? Surely the buck stops at the sales manager's desk, ultimately. Ultimately, they're the ones who are going to be judged, just like you said a second ago, after 18 or 24 months, if, if those, those sales trends continue to go down. Like, talk to us a bit about how you can involve team members in decision-making, but in a way that the leader is still ultimately responsible and, uh, and can lead. Yeah, and maybe the best way, Bill, is just to share a real example from my own experience with this. Uh, and this is when I was uh, leading the channel organization for Hewlett-Packard. Part of my mandate was to expand the team. Uh, 
And part of that is hiring and bringing on new talent. So uh, I believe I've got a good eye for talent and assessing an, an individual's skills and experience. However, in order for new individuals to be brought into our team, the team needed to be bought in to the cultural fit of a person coming into the organization. So uh, what I did was I included uh, members, a uh, peer group of uh, the individual that would be hired with, the, with their peers. So the first round of interviews uh, was done with uh, the peers of that individual. And there were three members of my team, uh, three of my channel team that I included in those first round of interviews and, and got feedback from them individually. I wasn't included. And then we had a second round once we had shortlisted uh, the, the group of 10 interviews that we had and we shortlisted them to three. And, uh, and then we had some asks in terms of how those second meetings would look in terms of some 30, 60, 90 day plans. And I included those same uh, three individuals as part of that second round of the interview process of which I joined. Uh, and then we huddled together as a group after those meetings were completed. We uh, then shortlisted down to two. And then we had the individual come back and meet with uh, my three, the three members of the peer group, as well as myself. Uh, and we had that final interview together as a team. And then after that process was done, we then again met together and I ultimately made the final decision, but it was clear in terms of who the individual, the single individual was that we would hire. But uh, absolutely, there was uh, buy-in from the team because they were involved in the process. Maybe that's the most important part of this is uh, having the team being part of the process then also gets their buy-in to be supporting once a new hire is brought on board in this example to mentor them and help them to be successful. So just uh, an example of uh, involving the team in a very important decision, a new hire that ultimately uh, and ultimately helped for those, uh, the new individuals that we hired actually get traction together because they were mentored by those that were actually involved in the interview process. And uh, that was a beautiful thing to take shape with not a whole and a lot of involvement from myself after the fact. Our time together is coming to a close already, sir. Before we wrap things up, a last couple of questions for you. Uh, firstly, any final thoughts, anything that you feel has been missed so far in terms of tips for leaders around transparency and the effects of that? Or indeed, any, any experiences that you'd like to share from your, from your career of uh, transparent leaders who have inspired you to perform better and, uh, and, and to, to go the extra mile? Yeah, a, a couple of thoughts, Bill. One is, uh, I think first and foremost, recognizing how much the role of the leader has evolved and changed, uh, specifically as it relates to being transparent with the team and developing trust as a direct result of that. I think it, it comes from some self-reflection first, uh, recognizing a need to evolve and change as the world kind of shifts underneath our feet, that our team actually needs more of us, not less of us. And I think that can be accomplished through reading, uh, picking up a book, and it could be a book on coaching as an example and how being a better coach can drive better sales performance as a result. It could be, you know, being open to training, uh, taking a three-day professional sales management course with the CPSA with other leaders that are potentially uh, maybe struggling in some specific area that uh, they can learn from 
So I think um, because of the role the leader has changed so much and then and the need to drive instant results or, or to drive results faster uh, for an organization, therefore the leader needs to evolve and I think learning and, and having a, an openness to coaching, uh, perhaps that's the second one. And that can come in two ways, certainly from feedback from the team, but also feedback from a sales leader's peers, you know, having an open conversation about, you know, what do you see things for me that I'm doing well in my role? What things potentially should I try to improve on? I think that can come from, uh, from peer feedback. And maybe the third is seeking out a mentor, seeking out someone that you aspire uh, to learn from that uh, you can be held accountable to making uh, changes or for the positive. So I think maybe there's a little bit more work uh, and it's hard and nothing we're talking about is easy uh, on the sales leader to actually take some time to self-reflect, be open to learning and uh, picking up a good book, listening to a good podcast, uh, you know, watching a good YouTube video that can enlighten them and uh, maybe attending a conference, just changing up the routine a little bit, uh, perhaps could be a way that sales leaders can become more transparent to their team because they're ongoing and learning and they're open to feedback and they're challenging themselves to get better. Well, for those people listening today who'd like to uh, continue to, to improve and, and to learn more, maybe they'd like to get in contact with you, Chris. So how can our listeners connect with and learn more about you? Yeah, through LinkedIn. I think connecting, uh, on LinkedIn is probably a first connect, and uh, and maybe uh, for those that are listening to the podcast, uh, let me know. That's how we came connected, uh, and look forward to making that happen on LinkedIn. And uh, and grateful to continue to share the research that I'm doing and uh, and the work that I'm doing with the CPSA in, ter in terms of those learnings and sharing those. Uh, Champagne Consulting Group is my website. Uh, continue to evolve and and add content there. So those are a couple of spots to engage together. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, listeners, in addition to this open podcast episode today, which you can access through iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all these other wonderful places, uh, parts of uh, today's interview are also going to be used to help shape an upcoming white paper from the CPSA. So members will get to access that for free. And if you're not a member of the CPSA yet, oh my goodness, maybe there are a few still out there. Um, by all means, go to cpsa.com and sign up for a free trial and then you can access all the wonderful white papers as well and then you should definitely become a member but enough of that for today that just leaves me to say chris champagne thank you very much for being a guest on this cpsa podcast my pleasure thanks bill for your time and listeners as always i've been your host bill bannum and until next time happy selling Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.